Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. Hello and welcome to The Drinking Hour here on Food FM with me, David Kermode. This week, a special edition dedicated to Prosecco's top tier. Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. We'll explain what makes it special, why the Prosecco Hills, where it's made, are worthy of world heritage status, the styles to seek out and the perfect pairings, plus, of course, some medal-winning examples from the IWSC Hall of Fame. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. There's an old adage that when it comes to Prosecco, the more words there are on the label, the better. It's probably a bit more complicated than that, but it's not a bad place to start. Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG is admittedly a bit of a mouthful, but it's also a literal indicator of the top category of this hugely popular Italian sparkling wine. The name capturing the sense of place that defines the wines and literally, in this case, elevates them above standard Prosecco from the plains. Corneliano and Valdobbiadene are both neighbours, historic towns atop the beautiful Prosecco hills, the beginning of the Dolomites just north of Venice. They were awarded UNESCO World Heritage status two years ago, classed as a cultural landscape in recognition of their interaction between man and the environment, and they are the birthplace of Prosecco. For this special edition of The Drinking Hour, we're joined by Elvira Maria Bortolomiol, the newly elected president of the Consorzio di Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG, who, with her sisters, runs Bortolomiol, a leading producer. Also, Giulia Pussini, International Marketing Manager at the Consorzio, and making a welcome return to the show, Master of Wine Sarah Abbott, who's a consultant and expert on the category. Also, later on, we'll briefly speak to Italian Master Sommelier Matteo Montoni, a rising star and a judge for the IWSC. So, welcome to the drinking hour, Elvira, Giulia and Sarah. Ciao! (laughs) Ciao, Dan. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, here today. First, uh, let's go to uh, Elvira. Congratulations on your recent election as president of the Consortio. Uh, Before we talk about your role there, by way of introduction, uh, you were born into Prosecco as your father ran the estate that you now run with your sisters. Uh, just tell us a little about uh, Bortolomiol and its history. Yeah, th- thank, thank you very much. Uh, uh, I would like to, to tell something about me, about my, my family. Uh, Bortolomiol was uh, founded in 1949 by my father, Giuliano Bortolomiol, one of the 11 producers that founded the, the consortium. 
And uh, my father studied in the School of Enology in Conegliano, and he was the first to produce a Prosecco in the brute version. Our winery is uh, located in Valdobbiadene, in the heart of Conegliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore di OCG area. And uh, today the winery uh, is run by my sister and I. Uh, we are all, all women. Uh, we carry on the family tradition with the commitment and the passion. Uh, we continuously invest in production, innovation, and in particular, we focus our attention on projects that regard the sustainable viticulture. Our company has five hectares of vineyard, also organically cultivated. So you were recently, as I said, elected president of the Consortio. So you're basically representing and, and developing the interests of uh, your, your fellow producers. Um, why did you want to take on that role? I'm very proud, proud of this position. I live with great enthusiasm and a sense of responsibility. I feel very lucky to be born in this beautiful territory and being a president of consortium because it gives me the opportunity to make a direct contribution for development of the appellation Conegliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore and promoting its value. Uh, also the quality, the protecting, it's a unique environmental for future generations. Okay, well, looking forward to chatting to you and to Julia too. But first, Sarah, let's bring you in. You've worked with these wines for a while now and you're a, a great evangelist for them. Uh, just explain what makes DOCG Superiore uh, different to what we might refer to as standard Prosecco, because we're talking primarily about the same grape variety, Galera, aren't we? Yes. So I sum this up by describing the wines of Corneliano Valdobbiadene. They have the taste of mountain wines. And for me, that expresses itself through this real energetic, sort of light, but very precise raciness in the wines. And so the aromas are really nuanced and layered and you get floral, very delicate uh, fruit and a kind of, just like that, it's, it's, they're really kind of invigorating and uplifting because of this very unique environment, this very unique terroir that you find in this Superiore Prosecco zone. And the other thing that I find in them is that the texture is really refined. So by that, I mean the way that the wine just feels when you have it in your mouth. It, the, the mousse is usually very fine and they have often a, a kind of a beautiful tension between this intensity, but this lighthearted, they're, they're like balletic. And then I also find that the concentration and just the intensity is that bit more interesting. So I also get a lot of savoury, almost stony, lightly salty characters um, when uh, when I have uh, wines from this region. It's like the difference between like perhaps, um, you know, a blunt knife and a really sharp knife. <laughs> or, you know, they're, they're filigree, they're, they're precise, and there's, there's a lot to find in them. It's really interesting because if I open a bottle for a friend, 
uh, without really introducing it and they taste it or they smell it and then they taste it they um, we're not talking about the kind of the the, the the wine community here i'm talking about kind of ordinary people um they'll always say i've never tasted prosecco like that before um or is this really prosecco it, it's quite interesting there's it is it's nuanced but it's it's very much um, there, I think, and you describe it beautifully. You mentioned the environment there. Uh, just describe the Prosecco Hills to someone who's not been there. Well, if I can just tell you that I'm so sad I haven't been able to go for the last two years. It It's hard to actually capture just how beautiful it is. They look like the kind of crazy hilly landscape that a child would draw. And it's very dramatic, but also very rural. So you have these this combination of these very sharp hills that they actually call um, hogsbacks. And they look like these ridges, like looks like a dinosaur has just been like converted into hills. They're very high, but they're also very kind of bucolic. And they have this patchwork of forests, um, natural forests. Um, and it's a very beautiful and distinctive landscape and it's been a very popular place for people just to go around and, and have a drive and stop off at the local restaurants and th this was this was the area where in the time of the Venetian Republic you know the 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 wealthy and powerful of Venice would have their summer houses up, up in these cool mountains so oh, yeah. it's it's so beautiful and yeah i'm pining for it so normally i get to go once a year and 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 julia takes me around to some amazing places but it hasn't happened recently so i miss oh, you julia yeah oh well it's i'm sure they miss you too and I, I it is incredibly beautiful i had no idea before i visited the prosecco hills um, so uh, Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco became a DOCG in 2009. That's the, the top tier of Italian wine classification for those who are not familiar with the, uh, the letters. Um, Elvira, uh, tell us what makes the Prosecco superiore as far as you and your fellow producers are concerned. Yes, uh, Corneliano Valdobbiadene represents the historic production area for Prosecco and the appellation where the best expression uh, of this wine is uh, produced. The territory is uh, the main factor that permitted uh, to obtain here uh, a wine of uh, superior quality. And uh, the territory has a uh, a high vocation for viticulture. It is entirely hilly. Uh, here, the viticulture is defined as heroic because uh, everything has to be done by hand and it takes around uh, six, uh, eight hundred hours per, per hectare per year to manage um, because uh, uh, the vineyard is uh, very deep and very difficult, uh, but uh, compared at uh, the plain is uh, three under three time more, and so uh, it's very difficult. Yes, I can imagine the the hand uh, harvesting involved and and, and uh, just the working those hills, uh, which, as you say, are are quite steep. Um, it was made a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2019, which I know is something that you worked uh, tirelessly uh, to achieve. Uh, tell us why the recognition was so important. 
Yes, the, the recognition of uh, Prosecco Hills of Emiliano Valdobbiadene as a UNESCO World Heritage Site has been one of the most important results for us obtained in recent year after a 10 years of work. UNESCO recognized our region as a cultural landscape, a landscape uh, characterized by a positive interaction between men and the environment. In fact, the wine growers are permitted to uh, safeguard our landscape in the last centuries and preserving its beauty uh, thank to uh, viticulture. Uh, and so UNESCO recognized the unique and universal value of our territory, uh, characterized but, uh, by a mosaic, mosaic uh, or small vineyard, and cultivated by hand by more than 3,000 producers. And so the recognition, uh, the recognition gave an international visibility to our population, and we expect a growth of the tourists in the area. The mosaic you mentioned there is uh, really striking as well. I know uh, when I um, came to visit a, a few years ago, I was really struck by that. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Julia, let's uh, bring you in. Um, as I mentioned, I was fortunate enough to visit uh, uh, Corneliano and Valdo Biadene uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and those, those hills and those grass terraces are quite uh, unlike uh, anything that you'll find anywhere else uh, in wine regions and regions of the world, I think. Yes, exactly. As uh, Sarah said, the landscape of the hills of Conegliano Valdobbiadene is uh, quite uh, dramatic and uh, is characterized by fascinating uh, territory and hills. Um, what we see today is the result uh, of the work uh, of thousands uh, of small-scale uh, wine growers that succeeded in uh, adapting this uh, fragile and uh, harsh landscape in a territory uh, that can be cultivated. And um, how uh, they succeed in cultivating uh, these uh, steep hills with uh, this particular agricultural technique defined ciglione, C-I-G-L-I-O-N-E. Ciglione is a particular type of terrace that is not covered with stones, but with grass. And ciglione permits to um, reduce the risk of soil erosion and to reinforce the slope of the, steep, uh, of the steep hills. It's a technique that dates back to the 16th century. And um, also, as a Sarah mentioned, uh, and also the president mentioned, uh, the characteristic of, this, of the landscape is um, to be a mosaic. Is a, it has been defined as a patchwork. So it means an area where there are not only thousands of small vineyards, but these are interspersed with woodlands and fallowlands. And all this system is a system that permits to preserve a really high biodiversity. And Sarah, um, the UNESCO status is only really awarded to a precious few uh, wine areas around the world. It's, it's a big deal, isn't it? It is. And I think it's worth just pointing out that it's, it's a status of cultural heritage. And what this is really celebrating is this unique dance with nature that 
historic wine regions carry out <laughs> and the dances between nature and humans. Um, I mean, for example, um, Tokai, the wine region in um, Hungary, is also on the cultural heritage. Um, and it's UNESCO recognize it when you have this basically centuries-long battle, kind of benign battle, <laughs> kind of tense dance between farmers and nature around them. So yes, it is actually a rare designation and they don't just give it out to anyone. They, it takes a lot of preparation in making the case for UNESCO. And I think that it's really an expression of this this thing that is increasingly being called biocultural heritage, where agricultural heritage, in the sense in which human knowledge and know-how and tradition and and respect for the land is passed down through generations, and it results in a product that is beautiful and unique and precious. So that, that's really the thinking behind this cultural heritage designation from UNESCO. And I think it's so great that they have found a way to, you know, honour farming and agriculture in this way. Julia, um, obviously the pandemic has had a dramatic impact on tourism uh, the world over. Uh, but prior to that, had you seen a growing interest in tourism to the Prosecco Hills actually linked to the enjoyment of, uh, of Prosecco Superiore? Yes, we have. Our territory was recognized uh, as a UNESCO World Heritage Site uh, in uh, July 2019. And we started to see the first positive effects of the, this recognition in the months uh, after. Uh, in fact, uh, in uh, 2019, we had a growth of the number of tourism uh, of the 13% in comparison with uh, the year before 2018. So we think that uh, once uh, the restriction uh, caused by the pandemic will be lifted, uh, there will be certainly a growth of tourism in the area. It is an area uh, where there are at the moment around 400,000 uh, visitors uh, uh, per year. This is an area that uh, really offers something for, for everyone. Uh, there are many things to do, starting from the visit to the wineries, uh, but also it is an area that offers a lot of outdoor experiences like uh, cycling, for example, uh, also with e-bikes uh, for climbing up to the hills more easily. Uh, there is a varied gastronomic offer and uh, fascinating villages and historic center to discover. Well, people should discover it once we can uh, easily do that again, which is hopefully not too far away. Not sure I fancy cycling the Prosecco Hills myself. I think I might uh, not be up to that. But um, uh, stay with us. We're going to talk sustainability, uh, weed killer, uh, you'll see why, and we'll explore the different styles of uh, Prosecco Superiore and its food pairing potential as well. Uh, that's all still to come. But first, here's news of another Food FM programme you might love. Thank you, David. I'm Jenny Linford from Food FM, and I'm exploring the world of cheese, from brie to parmesan and everything in between. So after enjoying the drinking hour, why not listen to my series, A Slice of Cheese? You can find it on your podcast platform and foodfmradio.com. Now back to David and the drinking hour. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. 
So it's a special edition of the Drinking Hour this week dedicated to Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. And Sarah, let's move on to sustainability and farming practices. Uh, the DOCG banned the use of glyphosate, a powerful and often controversial herbicide. Uh, before we hear why, for those unfamiliar with it, just explain what it is and why it's a hot topic. Glyphosate is a very broad spectrum, which means it acts on a lot of different plants and systemic herbicide. So it actually enters the tissues of whatever it's sprayed on. It has been developed to kill particularly weeds, um, to remove competition in the vineyards and actually with lots of other crops as well. It is a, a controversial question. There are farmers all over the world in all different sectors who use it and who argue that if it's used responsibly, you know, it's okay. I think the thing for Prosecco Superiore and Corneliano Valdobbiadene is this patchwork in that they live in the vineyards, basically. You know, the towns, the schools, their lives are so close to these, to this farming, to, to where these grapes are being grown. I understand that that was a big driver in the desire to actually stop its usage and just, um, you, I mean, David, you know how difficult it is to get different authorities and councils and, and organizations to come together to do anything, to get oh, yeah. this whole region to agree um, and all the different producing companies, all the different, you know, um, uh, kind of legislative bodies to actually make this happen was a huge achievement. And I, I, believe that the uh, all the, the growers and the people at the consortium are, are actually very proud of it and they they consider it to be a really big achievement and I agree with them actually um, especially for such a steep region you know such precipitous hills as Corneliano Valdobbiadene you need the grass you need the all the that greenery in between the rows to keep those hills stable and to prevent erosion. So I know it's a slightly geeky subject, but actually it's a really powerful statement mm. of their intent and their link to the land. So Yeah, and more important, I think, now than, than ever before, because we're much more sort of conscious of, of, of these uh, kind of issues. Uh, Julia, um, your producers took um, what was a, a bold step in completely eradicating uh, the use of uh, this herbicide. Um, just tell us how you achieved that. Yes, actually the ban of the glyphosate was an important result obtained in, uh, in 2019. As, I, as we already mentioned, uh, protecting our environment uh, is crucial and is one of the priorities of the consortium. But, uh, this decision, uh, we became, Corneliano Valdobbiadene became the largest agricultural area in Europe where this product is not used. We are really proud of this achievement because it was uh, obtained thanks to the collaboration with the local institution. It was uh, a really important uh, teamwork 
America that uh, where there was uh, uh, there were involved uh, the all the municipalities of the area so the 15 municipalities uh, of the the appellation and uh, this was uh, important the ban of the glyphosate because uh, we consider fundamental to preserve the the health of our wine growers uh, and citizens we believe that uh, with this action uh, our territory uh, will uh, further confirm uh, its role of uh, laboratory of uh, environmental sustainability unique uh, in Italy. What does sustainability mean to you then, uh, Julia, at the Consortio? Sustainability has uh, several um, meanings for the Consortium. Uh, first of all, uh, it represents a way to, to protect the land for, uh, for future generations. And uh, in fact, in uh, recent years, uh, uh, the consortium developed several projects that deals with uh, environmental sustainability. The most important is the viticultural protocol that we launched in uh, 2011 in order to promote uh, sustainable viticulture diffused in the area, uh, indicating to the wine growers uh, the best products to use in the vineyard with less impact on the environment. But for the consortium, sustainability is also important from a social and economic point of view. In fact, uh, it is fundamental for us to maintain and reinforce a good relation with the citizens that live in our territory. And uh, as regards the economic sustainability, we think that the development of the wine production could increase the, the level of uh, the wealth in uh, all the area with the positive effects uh, on other industries like uh, tourism and hospitality. And Elvira, in your new role as president of the Consortio, what are your priorities for developing Corneliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG? A bigger role for me, but uh, in the short and medium term, we have two uh, priority. First of all is uh, uh, the promotion of the denomination in Italy and abroad. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, the global situations uh, will improve. Uh, we look forward to bringing the consortium back to the trade fairs, but also even for consumers. The international promotion of our wine and our appellation is a fundamental activity for spreading the knowledge and communicate, first of all, the value of Conegliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore, DOCG. And then there is uh, the second uh, uh, priority uh, is uh, sure the, the, the sustainability. In fact, uh, we would like to achieve the environmental certification of the entire uh, territory and increase the organic uh, production. And uh, Julia, let's just talk about that. Are you already seeing an increase in organic farming methods being used in the Prosecco Hills? Well, the organic uh, production uh, had an important growth uh, in the last years. And uh, as consortium, we are absolutely in favor of this type of viticulture and uh, any other um, farming method that permits you improve the impact of the wine production on the environment. In um, 2019, uh, we launched the project of the SQNPI certification, National Quality System for uh, Integrated Production. 
is the uh, meaning of the acronym. And uh, this certification has the um, objective of reducing to a minimum the use of uh, chemical substances in the vineyards. And uh, we launched this project uh, in uh, 2019 and we open in 10 years so by 2021 to have all the appellation certified wow okay that that's another kind of bold move um sarah um the uh, terminology uh, can sometimes uh, be a, a bit confusing um i i quipped at the beginning that you the more words you see on the label the better in terms of quality which i know is a bit flippant but the likes of extra brute brute dry extra dry can be a little bit uh, perplexing uh, to, to someone who's new to superiori prosecco just just explain uh, how that all works this is an eu-wide classification system for describing how much sugar there is in a wine when you drink it. So um, the the categories, which also apply to sparkling wine, for example, from Champagne or from Carver or anywhere in the EU are as follows. So you have extra brute, which is the most dry, which means it has the least sugar in it. Um, then you have brute, which has a little bit more. Then you have extra dry, <laughs> which actually has the second highest level of residual sugar. And actually, I should say that extra dry Prosecco, DOC, is the biggest selling in volume in the UK. So that's kind mm. of what we're used to. Um, and then the sweetest version of sparkling wine is called dry. <laughs> so um, I, I, I know it, we we do, we call it confusing, but actually I have to say it's not Prosecco Superiore's fault. This is a, an EU-wide um, hierarchy. And it's funny, isn't it, that you're combining brute and then dry in the same classification. But basically think of brute as the kind of, brute almost sounds, you know, kind of more, you know, crisp. <laughs> intense so try and remember it like that so oh, that's, that's how the classification it. works yeah there is this trend towards uh, drier styles uh, in sparkling wines across the board across the world is that something uh, sarah that we're seeing with uh, docg superiore prosecco as well yes absolutely what i have noticed when we do the presentations of the wines to certainly UK sommeliers and restaurant buyers, is that they really love the very high quality single vineyard wines made in what they call the extra brute or brute style. And this means some of these are absolutely bone dry. So there's no residual sugar. Now, when you make a wine like that, there is nowhere to hide. Because what residual sugar does, because our brains love it, Residual sugar kind of makes a wine just kind of feel more appealing, immediately appealing. When you are making a really dry wine, you need top quality grapes and you really need those grapes to be um, beautifully balanced. You need intensity and real kind of complexity. And what I particularly have seen is that the drier styles of Prosecco Superiore, especially, not exclusively, but especially when they come from these single sites called Rive, these single vineyards, are really popular with the high end on trade because they're so great with food. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm more in love with the idea of very dry sparkling wine 
than the reality sometimes. Sometimes I can find it, especially in champagne, to be a little austere, uh, perhaps a little lacking in pleasure. But somehow, I think that the, the, the way Prosecco is, is, is made, uh, the way Superiore uh, Prosecco is crafted, actually lends itself perhaps rather better to those drier styles, do you think? I do think that because it's actually an aromatic wine. It's a very refined aromatic wine, but it has a, a certain, the French call it legerité. There's probably a word in Italian, which Julia might be able to tell me, but this kind of lightness, but a kind of refined lightness. I think with those floral aromatics, the kind of, it's, it's, it's not as austere, an extra brute Prosecco Superiore isn't trying to be austere. It's just more like um, a really brisk uphill walk at kind of 9am in the morning. <laughs> it's that kind of feeling. So yeah, I think I love. I actually love showing people these extra brute and brute, really high quality single site Prosecco Superiore because it always amazes them. Uh, you know the the balance and the and the food friendliness of the wine really is is quite different to the 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 style the very fruity you know softer style that you tend to find with dry and extra dry and we're going to talk food pairing in a minute but while we're on the subject of styles um sarah i know you're like me a, a particular fan of uh, Sui Lieviti, uh, which we're about to hear about, a gold medal winner from the IWSC um, a few months ago uh, when we next have our recommendations. But just talk a little bit about that style. I still think of it as Col Fondo. Okay, so I should say I first discovered this style thanks to Julia, who, when I first went to the region, took me to a beautiful, one of the many great local restaurants there and we she poured we had she had poured for us this cloudy prosecco superiore well this prosecco superiore um sorry prosecco from canelliano valdoviardine which was poured into this very high jug and it was cloudy and we had it with dinner and it was so delicious it had a kind of tanginess this extra body a very delicate sparkle and this gorgeous kind of yeasty saltiness. And this is basically a Prosecco that is made like great granddad used to make it. <laughs> it's actually how the sparkling wines of the region were first developed. And what it means is that when you make the sparkle, you basically leave the yeasts that create the sparkle in the bottle. So this is a bottle fermented wine. You make your still wine, you then bottle it, you add a little bit of um, sugar and yeast, and it then re-ferments in the bottle, which gives carbon dioxide, which creates the bubble, but then everything else just stays in there. So it's not like champagne, which would then be disgorged, where the yeasts are then removed, it stays in. And it gives a, a naturally cloudy, deliberately cloudy wine which is really a kind of reference to the heritage and the, yeah, you know, the way grandparents perhaps would have made it. But actually, the producers really enjoy still making this style, although it's incredibly challenging to make mm. because it's... you've got to manage the bottle fermentation. But yes, it's called sui lievity, which means with its, with its lees, with its yeasts. Sometimes 
colloquially, it's called col fondo, which means with the sediment. But the official designation on the label is sui lieviti. And it's really worth looking at because it's absolutely delicious. More of that in just a moment. We're going to talk food pairings next. And we'll also hear uh, the perspective of master sommelier uh, Matteo Montoni. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. So we're celebrating Corigliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. And it's time to select another three medal winners from the IWSC Hall of Fame. Let's kick off with a gold medal winner, Ottaviano Sui Lieviti. Brut Nature 2019 from Conte Colalto, a heritage style from a heritage producer and something that uh, Sarah gets very excited about, as do I, actually. Uh, the family here are able to trace their roots back to 1110 AD. Today, the company is run by Princess Isabella Colalto, firstborn of Prince Manfredo and Princess Trinidad di Colalto. I was on the judging panel for this one and we said youthful and yeasty on the nose, chased by a zippy palate packed full of apple and pear, revitalising interest added by a stony minerality, rounded off by a short and sharp finish. And that's available at Bottle Apostle if you'd like to try it. Comes highly recommended by me. Uh, Next, uh, a silver medal winner, uh, 1868 Cartizze Dry Non-Vintage from Carpene Malvolti. Started by Antonio Carpene in 1868, hence the name, when it was originally sold as Italian Champagne. Couldn't do that anymore. Uh, It's still family-owned, now on its fifth generation on the hills of Cartizze. Uh, The judges said of this, rich straw hues and fine perlage. Uh, If you're wondering what perlage is, by the way, it's a description of the mousse. Uh, a bit of a wine term. Uh, Brings aromas of ripe yellow fruit and chamomile. On the palate, noticeably sweet pear and soft yellow apple combining well with lively acidity. Uh, the finish is elegant and lightly mineral. And if you want that, it's at the proseccoshop.com. And another silver medal winner, Rive de Rolle Vigne dei Piai, dry Melesimato 2020 from Andreola, a relatively young producer founded in the 1980s, now run by son Stefano Pola. The focus very much on terroir for him. Awarding their medal, the judges said, pleasing and intense nose of apple, pear and blossom aromatics with a touch of sage. Attractive, weighty minerality gives a good structure and a long finish. And that's available at Drinks & Co. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You can't talk about fine wine from an historic region without some reference to the food that has evolved alongside it. So let's find out more about the food culture of the Prosecco Hills. Um, Julia, tell us um, how uh, DOCG Superiore Prosecco fits into that uh, food culture. It's uh, strongly linked to the products that the the land uh, offers. Uh, is based uh, uh, the local gastronomy on simple and genuine ingredients and there are also many small uh, farm producers that permit to bring to the table excellent uh, high quality ingredients. 
uh, as regards the, the vegetables, uh, there is a rich uh, offer. They vary according to the season and uh, they can use for preparing delicious first course, like for example, risotto with uh, white herbs uh, in uh, spring or asparagus uh, uh, that can be paired well with, uh, with the Prosecco Superiore. And uh, as regards the, the second course, uh, the, the local gastronomy is mainly based on um, uh, meat dishes, especially the white meat is the one that uh, match um, best with, uh, with our wine. Uh, the fact that uh, we are not so far from the sea also permits us to have uh, an interesting uh, uh, offer of uh, restaurants that uh, are specialized in, uh, in fish menus. Uh, and I think that uh, fish dishes are um, very good in, uh, in pairing with, uh, with the Prosecco Superiore. Uh, there is also um, a rich uh, offer in terms of uh, cured meats and uh, cheeses that uh, are produced by the local dairies that are situated, uh, for example, on the mountains around uh, Valdubbiadene. So there is a lot to discover in terms of uh, gastronomy. Well, let's bring in the uh, president for her, uh, her top tip. Um, Elvira, what's your favourite food pairing uh, with Prosecco Superiore Corneliano Valdobbiadene DOCG? Yeah, uh, as uh, uh, Giulia told us, Corneliano uh, Valdobbiadene uh, Prosecco Superiore is uh, a, a, has a great versatility, and that uh, represents one of the reasons of the international success of this wine, exported in more than 180 countries in the world. Uh, and so, it's a sparkling uh, wine that can be paired perfectly with the dishes and the flavor of the Mediterranean. Cuisine, uh, but uh, uh, for me, um, very good uh, uh, comparison is uh, uh, with the uh, Japanese uh, uh, cuisine, for example, with the sushi or also with the fusion uh, cuisine. Uh, and so, is um, with the is the delicate aromas and the Conegliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore is perfect uh, with the light cuisine, I think, and uh, the cuisine is based but, but uh, with the quality and uh, very light ingredient. So it's a very healthy wine, <laughs> Prosecco Superiore. <laughs> I like the idea of a healthy wine. Uh, Sarah, uh, it's uh, worth mentioning that we tend to think of sparkling wines in the UK as something that we might have as an aperitif or at the start of a meal. But uh, in Italian food culture, uh, sparkling wines can go right the way through dinner, can't they? Yes, and I saw that and enjoyed that while I was in, in the region. And I mean, one of the, what I find the essence of actually most Italian cooking and, and especially the cooking in, in province of Treviso and, um, and what I've had in Corneliano Valdobbiadene is that it's about the quality of the, the ingredients and they really, it, it's a really agricultural place. So wine is part of that. And one of the things I had that was most delicious was we approached this restaurant and they had a huge brazier set up outside. And, you know, in Tuscany, that would be covered in steaks. And you get there and this was in the autumn and this brazier outside, this outdoor barbecue was grilling um, radicchio, you know, a kind of um, like lettuce. And it was mm. this bitter red um, radicchio. Yeah. And 
um, they were all so excited because it was ridiculous season. And everyone in that restaurant was ordering this risotto. Of course, the rice, the risotto, the veneto is uh, also a great culinary sort of bedrock. And everyone was ordering just this risotto, which was just made with these char-grilled bitter red leaves and all the classic ingredients for risotto and it was and we had it with actually yes we did we had it with um a range of, of prosecco including a sui lieviti we had it with a brute we had it with um an extra brute and it was just so delicious and that actually has inspired us we're doing a food pairing range of recipes at the moment which we're um, doing on some instagram lives which is all about pairing prosecco superiore with risotto and the great thing is that you you open your bottle of risotto you use a glass to make the risotto you of your prosecco you use a glass of the prosecco to make your risotto you make your delicious risotto and then you get to drink the rest of the bottle so that's my kind of that's my perfect pairing as far as I'm concerned. And whenever I go on a press trip anywhere in northern Italy, uh, my fellow uh, wine travel companions always think I'm insane because I go toddling off to the equivalent of the greengrocer and come back with uh, a couple of packs of that Treviso Radicchio because you can't really get it here and it's just sensational grilled. I absolutely no. love it. And I could just imagine that. In fact, I've probably had that combination with the uh, uh, Prosecco Superiore as well. It sounds uh, divine. Julia, out of interest, do you have a favourite food pairing? Pass my passion to you for a Radicchio di Treviso because actually this is also one of my my favourite pairing. Oh, and, good. Uh, approaching the, the fall and uh, winter season, uh, I think that is a, a good idea if uh, our listeners uh, they want to uh, to take to their own uh, um, bit of uh, uh, Veneto gastronomic culture. Uh, they can maybe find at the Italy uh, store in London uh, some Radicchio di Treviso and prepare this beautiful risotto. Uh, I also like the pairing with the fish dishes. So for example, uh, with the tuna tartare, I think that uh, Prosecco Superiore can be matched uh, perfectly. And there are many different, uh, really many different options uh, of pairing thanks to the versatility of our wine. Well, it's a very good idea to check out Italy in uh, Bishopsgate if you haven't been there yet. The prices aren't uh, exactly the same as you'll find in Italy for fairly obvious reasons. It's a little bit more expensive, but um, it's got a great selection of uh, uh, Prosecco Superiore, Corneliano Valdebiadene, DOCG as well. So well worth uh, checking out if you're in that area. Let's bring in a, a sommelier perspective now because these uh, premium sparkling wines can uh, need a, a little help uh, from a sommelier. Everyone needs a bit of help from a sommelier from time to time. Who better than uh, a master sommelier, uh, Matteo Montone, who's worked at some of the top restaurants uh, in London and in Italy too. Um, so Matteo, I spoke to a little while ago, he gave us his sense of uh, the history of uh, sparkling wine uh, in Italy, because it's important to, to think about that history. Uh, so Matteo, um, you grew up in Milan, but uh, you know these wines uh, very well. Uh, just explain how important uh, sparkling wine is to Italian uh, food culture, because we tend to think about an aperitivo, but it, it goes much further than that, doesn't it? Yes, yes, actually, you're actually right. Well, let, let's start that the, the Romans were, were drinking sparkling wine or, or something that 
was was very close to it or um our uh, the first prosecco was produced at the end of the 19th century so it's at least uh, 150 years that in Italy within Prosecco. But uh, apart from Prosecco, uh, we have uh, regions like in Emilia-Romagna, people tend to drink uh, Lambrusco, Lambrusco with their meal, so it's sparkling wine with, uh, with the meal. Or even in uh, Oltre Popavese, they drink uh, um, Riesling Frizzante or, or Bonarda uh, Frizzante, again with the main course. And this is obviously not only as an aperitif. So explain why uh, you uh, appreciate these wines. And for those who are unfamiliar with uh, uh, DOCG, Conigliano, Valdo Biadene, uh, Superiori, uh, just explain what in your mind makes it superior to the DOC Prosecco on the plains. Okay, so well, definitely, I, I, I always say that from Prosecco DOC to the Superiore is a big step up. There's definitely uh, more depth of flavors. There's more concentration and more complexity. And I always say that it's easier to understand if you visit the region. So the Prosecco DOC area is a, essentially a flatland area, whereas when you go to the superior area, which is between uh, Conegliano and Vallobiadene, there is a beautiful hilly landscape, which is, by the way, UNESCO World Heritage. The, the vineyard have a great exposition to the sunshine. The, the nights are cooler. There is a great diurnal range. Obviously, there is a longer ripening season, which allows the grapes to develop more aroma and more flavor. So the wines are, are definitely uh, more concentrated. They have more con complexity and more elegance. You've worked in some of London's top restaurants. Uh, what are the best food pairings in your mind for uh, superiore Prosecco. The Superiore Prosecco uh, has the advantage that it has a different range of sweetness, uh, starting from, uh, let's say, extra brut, which is a typology that I always like to use with uh, raw fish. Uh, being very dry, I like the, the acidity and the, to, and the bubbles to cut through the, the sweetness of the fish. But then uh, you have also the dry version, which is sweeter. You can even match it with um, some dessert. I, um, for example, uh, when I was working in Locando Locatelli, I had a dish that I always uh, liked to pair with, with the cartice, and that was um, lobster pasta, which was made uh, slightly spicy. I like I liked to play with the saltiness and spiciness of the dish. It uh, was counterbalanced very well by the sugar residual of the cartice, but then as well, the acidity and the bubble of the wine was cutting through very well the the richness and the sweetness of the lobster was was um was a, was a great matching and probably was one of the best uh, pasta with lobster dish in uh, in london it sounds delicious yes i was struck when i visited the prosecco hills uh, a couple of years ago that you can actually have an entire meal with the different shades if you like of prosecco superiori can't you Yes, definitely. Uh, you have four uh, different uh, levels of, of, of sweetness, starting with extra boot, which is the driest, which is uh, suitable for, for raw fish as an aperitif or uh, with uh, any starter. Then, then you go with, uh, with the brutal extra dry, which is slightly sweeter, is great with salumi, which counterbalance really well the, the saltiness of the, the Italian salumi. And then you can finish with your, with your dry version, which is great with any dessert like panna cotta or ice cream. Lovely. That sounds great. So Prosecco has been a, a phenomenon in the last decade or so. Uh, have you seen 
um, in restaurants an increased interest in superiori prosecco yes yes actually I did i i came in uk 10 years ago and and 10 years ago people in the restaurant was asking just for prosecco and then whereas i noticed in the last three or four years people is more aware that there are different categories and people often ask for a Cornigliano Valdobbiadene, ask for a, for a Superiore or for a Cartizze. Uh, much of these people uh, have visited the region, so by visiting the region, they are aware that, that there is a superior category. And, and I have to say that the consortium did a brilliant job on, on, promoting, on promoting the area. Yeah, it, it really makes a difference, I think, when you've been there and then you, you come home and you, you want that uh, sensation, you want that taste to link you with the, the place again. So you've judged these wines for uh, the IWSC. What do you look for when you judge uh, a medal-winning superiore? When, when we judge uh, medal-winning superiore, well, I start to say that uh, I would say that the category superiore is a medal level. Obviously, you have... Uh, some superior that are more towards the gold, some that are more towards uh, the bronze. But on, on a medal winning, I, I look for depth, concentration, complexity, uh, balance, elegance, and of course, fine bubbles. And you find that a lot by the sounds of it. Yes, that's, uh, the, 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 category, the category is there. They, they are almost all at a medal level. And obviously there are some producers that uh, excel, but uh, I, I'm happy to see that the category is there. They, they're working together and the quality is every year even better. Great to hear. Thank you very much, Matteo. Thank you. So, Sarah, a rousing endorsement there from Matteo. Uh, you've chaired uh, these judging sessions at the IWSC, uh, sponsors of this uh, programme, um, including DOCG Superiore Prosecco. Um, I was there as a judge. You were the judging committee member looking after us that day. So tell us, in your mind, what are the hallmarks of the finest examples? Yeah, OK. So precision in aroma and texture. And by that, I mean the, the aromatic signature, the floral notes, the fruity notes are really precise and not blurred. <laughs> so also, I would say subtlety and a kind of subtle power, which may sound weird for a sparkling wine, but they capture the drama of their home. And by that, I mean that they are both very uplifting, but also they have on the palate a, a kind of a secret intensity that comes through, especially on the finish. The thing about Prosecco, you know, with a small p or Prosecco is that it's really there to delight. But some Prosecco, and I do think the Prosecco from these mountains, from Canelliano Valdobbiadene, delights but it's not empty, you know, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. So precision, aromatic nuance, beautiful texture, and a long, really sustained finish. And that is a lovely way to finish as well. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much, right on cue. It's like a seamless gown. Um, Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us for this special edition of The Drinking Hour. So particularly uh, to uh, the president, uh, Elvira uh, Maria Bortolomial, and to Giulia Puccini, it cannot be easy doing this 
in another language and you've done magnificently and my god if i'd attempted this in italian it would have been a car crash so um thank you very much indeed and thank you sarah too thank you david it's always lovely to talk with you and thanks for your time thank you david it was a pleasure thank you thank you david it's a pleasure for me it was a pleasure thank you you're very welcome thank you and you can find out more about Corneliano Valdobiadene Prosecco Superiore, DOCG, at prosecco.it. You can follow us on Insta and Twitter at Food FM Radio, and you can follow me, uh, I'm Mr. Venusaurus, on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like to. For now, though, thanks for listening. The Drinking Hour on Food FM.